0: Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life, and I'm Katie Sewell. I'm a public radio professional. I've been in the business nearly 20 years, though I did do something a little different. A few years ago, I quit my job as the senior producer of a daily two-hour morning show, and I moved to Rome for a year. That's where this show began, as I bumbled my way through my first expat experience, alongside Tiffany Parks. Tiffany is my co-host. She's a childhood friend and an expat living in Rome for about 12 years. She's also a writer, with her first book, Midnight in the Piazza, coming out in March 2018. Well, now I'm back in Seattle, and Tiffany is still in Rome. And we're still exploring, and, well, if you're me at least, you're frequently struggling. This show is a journey. For all of you explorers of the world, traveling or living abroad, permanently or temporarily, reminiscing about when you lived in a different culture, or looking for the next chapter after getting home, I hope you enjoy our company and the international authors, journalists, and expats that join us as guests. If you've never heard the show before, I encourage you to go back to the beginning and come along for the whole journey. Or jump around as soon as you get a sense of things. Most of all, we're really glad you're here. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The
1: Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. How you hi doing, Tiffany.
0: Katie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do usually let, wait for you to say hi first. You know what's funny is
0: <laughs> it's becoming more and more transparent in how we record these episodes. So now people know that we record each of our sides but we talk to each other through Skype, but because you're having internet issues, we usually look at each other through Skype, and now we're not looking at each other, so we have no visual cues. So it's just us <laughs> falling all over ourselves, I suppose. Anyway. How are you doing this week? Um, I've been okay. I've been okay. Uh, as you well know, if you've been paying any attention to the news in the United States, things have been a little bit of a mess. Very, very focused on the weather, particularly the giant storm that... Hurricane Harvey that hit Texas and then just hung over Texas raining down on it for quite a long period of time. So the flooding in Texas has been front and center in our news lately.
1: Yeah I've been following it as well. I follow American news quite closely because of the political situation. I'm kind of addicted to cable news. Well particularly MSNBC. Rachel Maddow. You know she's my favorite.
0: Oh I did not know but all right fair enough. Oh
1: my gosh I love Rachel Maddow. I have a total girl crush on her. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) professionally, of course, professionally speaking. So I have been watching some of the coverage, and it's, it's just devastating. I've had this idea in my head for a couple of weeks now to do an episode about weather, not about severe weather, just about weather. And now I'm feeling like maybe it's a bit flippant to talk about regular old weather when... The people down there are suffering through such crazy weather, especially since they've called it a one-in-a-1,000-year 1, storm. Right. Which is just incredible.
0: Right, yeah. I was reading the figures um, this morning about how much rain it was, and I should have written them down. That would have been the wise of me. But basically in a 24-hour period or something like that, broke all of the rain records for a one month <laughs> down there. That's nuts. And any time there's a disaster like that, you're concerned, but it, it's more concerning if you actually know people who live there. Of course. As you well know, we have two of our really interactive listeners, Lori Lee and Drek, both have been based in Houston. So immediately, they popped to my mind. And I was wondering, what in the world happened with them? Did they flee? Did they? Were their houses flooded? What happened? And I wrote to both of them, but I've only heard back from Drex so far. I'm assuming Lori Lee is fine. I I did do some of the internet stalking where you check their Twitter feed, you know, stuff like that. Oh, I did. Uh, I did. I know. I mean, just like, please tell me. I checked
1: Lori Lee's feed because I thought about, I had just listened to her, you know, the interview you did with her just a few weeks ago. And so I remembered her saying she was living in Houston. So I went to her Twitter feed and she has Los Angeles as her city now. So she must have recently moved. Um, So,
0: yeah, well, we'll have to see what she says. I did hear back from Drek this morning. He is a police officer who's lived in Houston. I think he's been on the forest down there for 24 years or something like that with um, long-term dreams to move to Florence when he retires. Yeah, so I wrote to him and I said, hey, given all the weather, are you doing okay? And he wrote me back and said that neither him nor his immediate or extended family got flooded, although uh, the water did raise to within a foot of his back door on Sunday night. So it got really, really close. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, how scary. I know. And he said that he went to bed in the upstairs portion of the house thinking that he would wake up to find a bunch of water damage, but the water never quite made it into his bottom floor. Since then, since he's a police officer and there are all these recovery, rescue efforts and cleanup efforts going on, he said that he's been working 12-hour shifts with no days off since Saturday. And, of course there's still a lot of work to be done. So that could be his life in the foreseeable future. And I did ask him for a little bit more details about what he's been up to. So maybe next week we'll have a a more complete update from him about what's actually going on on the ground down there, which, you know, I can only imagine. I mean, I still so vividly remember Hurricane Katrina, which was just awful, such an awful situation with so many people who died in that particular storm. I think Houston seems like they are doing a little bit better so far, but who knows? You know, the water's just starting to recede, so we might be in for worse news. Who knows?
1: Well, I mean, I I heard on a recent, I don't know if it was a podcast or, or a show, but I just heard them saying that it's a matter, it's going to be years. They're going to start rebuilding, and it's going to be literally years before they are anywhere near back to the original state of the city. And some people say that it'll change the city forever.
0: Well, and some people say that it should change the city forever, that part of the problem with Houston and some of the unregulated building that happened down there was that they were encroaching in all these these swamp areas that would have helped mitigate the water. And because everything was so paved you end up having more flooding than you might otherwise see. So mm. I have seen a few articles from people who are saying we should also look at climate change and the fact that mega storms like this will probably keep happening in how we plan and regulate urban environments so that if you can't stop the storms, you can at least try to mitigate some of the damage by not having so much pavement. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. Right now, it's all about recovery and trying to... Ugh put people somewhere. I know. I mean, when you see first just seeing the pictures
1: of the the people crammed into shelters, that's already intense to have to be in a place like that and not know and they feel so, I'm sure, happy and lucky to be there. It's kind of like one of those situations where you don't want to be in a shelter, but you're so happy that that you got there. But still, when you see those shelters already, you're like, "Oh gosh, you know, and you're thinking about the families, people with young children." wondering when they're going to get out of there. But then you see those same shelters flooded. That was the picture that I think made me groan when I saw a picture of a shelter with a little cot set up flooded. And I thought, I mean, can you imagine getting out of the storm, getting out of your house, getting saved, losing all your possessions, being brought to a shelter, setting up with like the clothes on your back and a few things that maybe were donated to you, settling in for the night and then being flooded again—it just must be so incredibly demoralizing. I can't even, can't even imagine. Not to, not to mention the people who, of course, lost their lives. It's, it's tragic.
0: There was an article in the New York Times that was basically just kind of a "ask your questions, here are the answers," and it was all a lot about what diseases can I get from wading through standing water and stuff like that. <laughs> but the final thing that they threw in at the end was oh, and by the way, look out for snakes because you're not the only one looking for dry ground. Oh, God. And um, That's and scary. I, I know. I, I actually personally love snakes, but, but you know, still, if things aren't bad enough, yeah. look out for snakes too, Tiffany.
1: Crocodiles? Do they have crocodiles? I know in like Alabama and Louisiana they I, have crocodiles.
0: I don't think so. I have no idea. Oh. Another thing I would lo- love... If we can catch up with Drek and with Lori Lee about this, that would be great. But I also would love to talk to somebody or hear from somebody who is an expat who's from Houston, who's living somewhere else, because I would be really curious to know what it's like to be from there and watching this happen from afar. I'm curious about that. If there's anybody who's out there listening who's from Houston, give us an update on what it's been like to see your hometown flooded like this. I'd be really curious to know. Okay. Those of you from New Orleans too, if you've got opinions from Katrina, which was what, something like 12 years ago now, send us that too. That'd be really interesting. Anyway,
1: so moving on though, let Speaking of, sorry, just one more thing. Speaking of Louisiana, I know you're moving in less than a month to New Orleans. Yes. Is there, I mean, I know there's flooding in Louisiana, but is it as far as New Orleans or...
0: They have been having flooding... I don't know. Currently, I know that the, this particular storm was moving in their direction today, yesterday. I, I don't know what the ramifications of this storm was, but they had pretty severe flooding there. Not, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. Okay. As you know, that I have one good friend that lives down there. That hopefully, on the course of this show, you'll meet once I get down there. Dante the magician. Yes. Yes. So I, but I wrote to him and I said, "How are things going with the flooding?" And he said. Oh, everything's fine. Uh, my friend lost her car, but other than that Oh, <laughs> it's good. Boy, they're just so savvy down there right now after Katrina. Are they Oh, my friend lost her car, but everything else is good.
1: Crazy. Now now not to like become flippant or anything because that's certainly not what we want to do in the face of this kind of a disaster, but we really do want to talk about weather in kind of a in, in a much less serious way. This idea came to me actually in the the, the very very end of July or the beginning of August when we were having a big heat wave here in Rome. And this summer has been pretty bad. It's been quite a hot summer. Not quite as bad as the summer I was pregnant, or at least it doesn't seem as bad. Maybe I was just feeling the heat more (laughs) when I was nine months pregnant. But it's been a hot summer. June was very hot. We were not here for June, but I've heard that June was very hot. So it's been a long, hot summer. And as I was sitting in my office chatting with a couple of my colleagues they started talking about the weather as they often do, complaining, 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 complaining about the heat. And I just had to kind of laugh to myself because they complain about the cold in the winter time, and it never really gets that cold in Rome. It's pretty mild. It rarely snows. It doesn't even usually get cold enough to snow. And you can have really long sunny nice stretches, let's say in Fahrenheit in the high 50s in the low 60s even in the middle of winter. So you know, you can't really complain. And I just kind of laughed to myself. And they were going on and on and on and on and on about how, oh my gosh, it's never been this hot. It's never been this hot. it's ne-. And of course it has been. Like two years ago, it was this hot and worse. In my mind, and it wasn't just these two colleagues of mine, it's Italian, Italians in general. They talk <laughs> about the weather constantly, I discovered. It's like a constant thing, and I mean, it's not—it's not just my colleagues, because I mean, my fr- my Italian friends, my husband, his family—they're always talking about the weather. <laughs> and I wonder if that's just an Italian thing, if it's just this one country that is like this. No,
0: this is the thing. It's so funny, Tiffany, because you remember not that long ago when I was complaining about the weather in Seattle and how we'd had the rainiest stretch ever. Remember how we had Mm -hmm. dark days from something like September till I don't even remember September to May. Oh, God. That's so depressing. And we were all complaining about that. And now we've had kind of a very beautiful summer. And the other morning, literally two days ago, from when we're recording, it was raining when I woke up in the morning. And I happen to check Facebook and what's the first comment I see is somebody says, oh, rain at last, bring it on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I think that people's, when it comes to weather, our memories are so short. They're so short. Is When it's heat, hot, everybody is just like, a, and, and it's, it's, it's weird because today, it's the first of September today that we're recording and... In Rome, it's kind of funny. It's The weather almost always turns on the 1st of September. It's very bizarre. It'll be hot, so, so hot, and then all of a sudden on the 1st of September, it'll cool down and get cloudy. Yeah. <laughs> and then it'll get nice again around the mid- mid-month, but that 1st bit of September is always bad weather. And everyone in the office, including myself a little bit, but mostly the Italians, <laughs> have been talking about how oh, it's Friday, Friday, the weather's supposed to change. It's supposed to rain, it's supposed to rain. Well, truth is we haven't had rain in Rome in something like three or four months, except for one day. There was a bit of a drought warning. There were rumors that we were gonna have a water shortage and people were gonna to have to like have their water off for like several hours a day in certain zones of the city. It has been a big problem that we haven't had a lot of rain, but it's the same exact thing. It's like, all we have to have is like three, not even three, like two days in a row, of rain in Italy, in Rome. And people start losing their minds. <laughs> oh, ma che palle! Oh, ma questo uh, tempo! Like, they're just like, this sucks. It's so awful. Oh, oh, oh. And God forbid it should happen in, like, a time that's not November through January. If it, like, rains a lot in April, they're like, oh, it seems like November. Like, what is going on? And it's just, like, such a drama. It's I've lived in a place... Seattle, you know, that has seriously long, gray, rainy streaks that last, like you said, for months at a time. I can remember being a high school kid or even younger and just being like, it hasn't, literally hasn't stopped raining for two weeks. It's not like it was rained every day for two weeks. It hasn't stopped. (laughs) And if you're from Seattle, you know that that's true. Yeah. (laughs) It just keeps raining. Right. And, you know, I've also lived in a place that is excessively cold. You know, I've lived in Montreal. I've spent three winters in Montreal. Right. That's friggin' cold. I'm sure there are a few places on the world in the world that are colder, but not a lot. Like, as far as major cities are concerned, major cities of the world, I used to watch the weather report every morning, and I used to look at all the weather of the major world cities, and there was only one city that was consistently colder in the winter, and that was Moscow. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's cold. 40 below with wind chill cold your fingers will like crack and bleed if you don't have gloves on cold. And so when I hear my colleagues whining and whining because it's 45 degrees out, this day that I was referring to before when they were all complaining about the heat, and I have this one colleague who, she sits right next to me, and she's very slender and very petite, and she suffers the cold a lot, which quite frankly, I suffer cold as well more than I suffer from heat. Like I'm the type of person who I'll be cold before other people feel cold, if that makes any sense. And I won't be hot when other people will be hot and I won't feel hot. So so she's like that. And so, I mean, I know that that's not like a character flaw. That's just how she is. But she's sitting there and she was going, oh my God, I can't wait till it's winter. I just, you know... In the winter, you can always put a sweater on or turn the heat on. But in the summer, you just can't get away from the heat. And I said, you know what? I'm going to remind you of this conversation this winter when you were complaining about the cold because she won't remember. And that's why I say that memory is so short when it comes to weather. People, when you're, and even, you know, when you're really, really hot, try to imagine being cold. It's very difficult. And vice versa. When you're really cold, it's difficult to remember what it feels like to be so unbearably hot. So maybe that's why, but um, she said, you know, we were talking about temperature and we were talking in Celsius, of course, and I said something about like, I can't remember what the temperature was, zero degrees, you know, which is freezing or 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And I said, well, that's not really that cold. Yes, it's cold. Like you have to have a coat on, you have to have a hat, you have to have gloves, but freezing is not a terribly painful, unendurable cold. And she looked at me like I was insane because i've lived through you know 20 30 degrees colder 40 degrees if you count with a windchill i guess i was just kind of frustrated and i wanted to maybe a podcast isn't the right place to vent so i should be making <laughs> I, should, I should be not venting but making observations italians have a thing about weather a
0: serious thing i think it's all relative though everybody might have a thing about weather i do remember um being in vietnam in january or december Everybody there was wearing hats and gloves and jackets, and it was 70 degrees outside. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, that's hilarious. And
0: they were looking at me like I was nuts because I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt Yep, with maybe a light jacket with me for the evenings and they were freezing.
1: Oh my God, that's so funny. It's true because I've seen people like that. Like usually they're people from either Scandinavia by the look of them, you know, I don't know, but you can see them walking down the street in the winter in Rome in like December or January wearing shorts and t-shirts. And they're usually, you know, tall blonde. They look like they're either either German, British, or from the Scandinavia, the Italians look at them like they're nuts too. It's the same thing. It's not 70 degrees. It's probably like 55. But for someone who's from Norway, 55 degrees probably feels like what 70 degrees feels like to you and what 90 degrees mm-hmm. or and what, wait, I'm going the wrong way, what 30 <laughs> degrees feels like. I'm totally sort of like confused. But you know what I'm saying.
0: You get the point. <laughs> this is also one of those conversations that's really difficult to have on a podcast where all of the listeners live all over the world. <laughs> Well, I think that actually makes it better. Do you operate in Celsius? Do you operate in Fahrenheit? Oh, uh, well. What are we all talking about here?
1: Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of talking Fahrenheit right now. With the exception of when I was talking about my uh my colleague, we're, we're doing Fahrenheit right now. So I just, uh, you'll have to just convert. Sorry. <laughs> Although I think
0: I think in Celsius now, I have to say. Yeah. And see, I don't have any I don't have any reference point for Celsius still. I wasn't over <laughs> there. Long enough. I'm good with military time now. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so give me that. <laughs> Celsius, uh, not so much.
1: I also have completely changed over to the kilo system.
0: Oh, have you? Yeah,
1: yeah. I like don't know how much I weigh in pounds. And I don't even know what You know, I wouldn't be able to, like, have a reference if I weighed myself on a scale. I wouldn't know if that was a lot for me or or not
0: a lot for me at this point. See, and if you were to tell me what you weigh in kilos, I'd be like, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. No clue. Yes. Isn't that so funny? I know it is. But anyway, getting back to this weather
1: point, I do think that it's probably a worldwide thing, but... Maybe if you're from a place that usually has good weather like California. My sister's kind of like this too. My sister lives in LA like she if it's like below 60 degrees she kind of like can't take it. If you're from a really nice temperate, warm, sunny place like California or Italy, weather is very important to you. Weather becomes one of those things that you can't live without good weather. You can't imagine living in a place that doesn't have good weather. Whereas if you're from Fargo or even Seattle, like if you're in Seattle, you know what it's like to live in a place that's dark and wet all the time. And you know that you can do it. You, can, you know, you're just, you're used to it. That's, if you're from there, that's all you know. If you're from Montreal or Fargo or Moscow, you, you can get through the cold winters because it's just what you have to do unless you move. And Italians, they can't, I mean, obviously there are exceptions and there are people who move abroad, but a lot of italians don't move abroad because of the weather cuz i have a call an ex colleague who is half german half american and completely italian i don't know how that's possible but she is <laughs> she's all three she used to work with me at the magazine at where eventually she and her italian husband and their two little kids decided that they were going to move to berlin and she had some family in berlin and they sold their place in rome they bought a place in Berlin and, and, and moved to Berlin. And so basically, <laughs> the reason I'm telling you this story is because of a conversation that I then had with my colleagues about it, who were also her ex-colleagues. And Because in Berlin, at least it's been this way up until the last few years. Maybe things have changed in the last couple of years, but Berlin has been, recently, a very, very inexpensive place to live. And it's also a place that has you know pretty good opportunities. The job market is good, you know, salaries are, are decent. Like, I don't know if they're going to be at the level of American salaries, but they're a lot better than Italian salaries, which are famously bad. So this woman, she sold a house that wasn't even in Rome. It was like way, way away from Rome. She sold this place. And with the same money that she sold this place, she was able to buy an apartment very close to the center of Berlin. She got a job working half the hours that she worked at the magazine and the pay was double. What I said to my colleagues was, what are we doing here? Honestly, like I love Italy. You know I do. I love Rome. I've gone on and on and on about it. But sometimes when I look at things practically, I think to myself, you can live for half of the amount of money as far as rent, gas, utilities, all those major things that you have to pay for in life. It costs half. And yet the jobs pay double. So what are we doing here? Let's all move to Berlin kind of jokingly. Both my boss and my colleague said, oh no, the weather there is horrible. We could never live there. And the consensus in the office was, it's more important to have good weather than it is to have a living wage and a decent lifestyle.
0: (laughs) It might be true. It might be true. I mean, after last winter... I don't know how many of us in Seattle started thinking, why are we still here?
1: Think about all the people who had just moved to Seattle and it was their first winter there.
0: Yeah, they were thinking, what have I done? What have I done? Yeah, it's so interesting. It's so funny too, because I think part of the reason why we talk about weather so much is probably because it's one of the things from day to day that we cannot control in any way. But I think it's also all of us who listen to the show travelers and uh, people who are planning to move other places for us, it is a factor in where we decide to be, which is also kind of interesting. So it's both like a thing that we have no control over, but a thing that if we're planning on moving around a lot is something we have control over. So it's kind of one of those back and forth things. I don't
1: know. I don't know. I I find it hard to believe that somebody would move some, I mean, with the exception of retirees, that's a different thing people who are going to Florida or Arizona or the Canary Islands to retire, I don't feel like a lot of people think about weather when it comes to where they move. Really?
0: I don't know though. Like would you take a job in Montreal? Well no, but that's because I hate Montreal. Okay, would you take a job in Minnesota in the Twin Cities knowing that you'd probably have at least a week or two that would be below zero? Yeah. Every year.
1: I mean, I don't know. I've never been to Minnesota. Uh, I've never been to Minneapolis. But I don't think about weather when I think about where to move. I mean, not it's not one of the important factors. It might factor in there somewhere. But if it's a great city like Chicago, like if I got a, jo- a really good job offer or if Claudia got a really good job offer in Chicago and we were ready mentally and psychologically to be living in the United States, we would totally go. Chicago is an amazing city and... Okay, the weather's bad, but there's so many other good things about it. I don't know, but maybe that's just me. I moved willingly to Montreal. I mean, I didn't have to go there. I went there for grad school. I could have gone somewhere else, and I knew that weather would be cold, and it was it was hard. I'm I'm not gonna lie, it was hard. (laughs) But that's an extreme cold. Like there's a lot of places, like Seattle, for example. I mean. I don't know. It's dark and it's gray, but it never
0: gets that cold, right? Uh, It depends. It can. But yeah, not terribly cold. Not below zero cold. I guess it depends
1: what bothers you most. Like for some people, I think that they would rather be really, really cold, but at least have the sky clear. And other people would rather it not be so cold and deal with the gray. I don't know.
0: Right. I don't Exactly. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a temperament thing. And I think it is part of... Um at least when it comes to Seattle, I think it is a reason why there are quite a concentration of writers here because there is something very conducive to staying inside hunched over (laughs) your computer writing kind of job or maybe that's where the tech industry is here too because you're not going to want to be outside anyway it's dark and depressing so you might as well just sit inside and feel cozy and warm and drink your hot cocoa and type away and I think that when you see people in Seattle, excited for the change in the weather, it is that kind of coziness that comes from it being gray and sort of wet outside.
1: Yeah, I really love, and I mean, this is going to sound totally cliche because so many people say this, but (laughs) I really do love all four seasons, like a place that has true seasons, like a place like Boston, where I lived for several years. And I literally don't think that in a place that has really, truly defined seasons, I don't really think that there's one season that I like more than the others. And maybe this is just my optimistic, like seeing the glass half full all the time, no matter what, even if it's empty
0: (laughs) personality. It's one of your superpowers. Yes. Um,
1: I always feel like whenever I'm getting to the end of a season, I can't wait for the next season to start no matter which one it is but maybe that's just because i'm bored of the one that came before
0: that's exactly what derek was just saying this morning that he's really looking forward to fall it started to have to feel like fall a little bit here it's darker in the morning and it's it's still getting really really warm in the afternoon but it's it's cooler on both ends now and derek was saying that he is really looking forward to the change i
1: love september i love the whole like back to schoolness of it even if you're not in school anymore
0: yeah, you got to go get your new pencil case. Are you going to go get your new erasers and stuff? I think
1: I will. I think I have a really nice new pencil case, so I don't need that. But I'm going to go and get some <laughs> some office supplies, some school supplies. No, I love it. And I, uh, I was just listening to Happier, the podcast with Gretchen Rubin, which I've told you, which I've mentioned on the show before that I like. But she did a podcast recently called September is Another January or September is... A new January, I don't know, something like that. And she was talking about how it's such a great time for fresh starts. And I've always felt like that. January, it's like the middle of winter. You've just gotten off of like the whole holiday high. You're probably like 10 pounds overweight, got way too much sugar running through your system, and you're in debt because of all the presents that you bought. And, you know, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's a good time to like have a new beginning. Whereas September is the perfect time. You've just had this sort of long, lazy period in the summer. Even if you work all summer, it's still, there's something a bit lazy about the summer. Like you can't really do that much because you're hot all the time. You're in Rome, you're hot all the time and you kind of let things slide and places are closed. And so you're not really keeping up with business probably as much as you would. And then especially this is true if you're in Italy, everything's closed and then September it's like kids are back to school you still I think we all have that residual leftover beginning of the year excitement beginning of the school year excitement I mean I do and I've heard that from other people and I think it's a perfect time to make uh, a new start you know you kind of energize you've had probably had a break I always start my new projects in September
0: yeah yeah no I, I totally I absolutely feel that yeah I do
1: But I mean, that has nothing to do really with weather.
0: It does in that subtle way, at least in the United States, in the upper, in the northern half of the country. If you start hearing robins a lot in the evening, that's the dawn of spring and summer. And that something about that heralds the change in the weather. And I do think that right around the time when we're tipping into the back to school period, you start to have these cooler mornings and it just does have that. That shift. I guess that would be another question I would have. And we have to leave it there soon because I have to go to an appointment. Speaking of getting things started for the new year, I, I'm, <laughs> I have to be at an appointment in 20 minutes. But I would be interested to hear from people too, who I know we have a few listeners that have flipped hemispheres. Ah,
1: that must be so hard.
0: They're down in South Africa or something like that. And so everything would be opposite from what they know. Or maybe they've come up from the southern hemisphere and I'd be curious to know what that does like the super shift of the weather to whatever month you associate it with would be um pretty interesting of how it changes your life yeah that's such a good point I would love to
1: hear that that's such a good point yeah because September is spring and you know January is the middle of summer
0: yeah and I wonder how long it takes to adjust to that that's opposite effect yeah 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 yeah, we could go on about weather. See, this is the thing about weather. It's the one thing we all have in common that we can all talk about. Yeah. It, well, I guess it
1: connects everyone. But but I do wonder, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, I do wonder if weather, as far as, not necessarily as far as expats, but just people in the different places that they live in the world, like that, that if that changes, I don't know if your personality, but changes how you see the world. Like, the observation that I made that people who are from and living in places with really nice weather they would not give that up even for a better lifestyle and a better job and I wonder what other differences there are based on weather like people who who live half the year in blackness like the people up in Finland you know right or people who live in extreme cold or people who live in extreme heat or the people in India who have to deal with monsoon season and you know it is the thing that connects us all, but that it it is also something that really shows us how different our daily lives are.
0: It does have an effect on the culture. It must. It must. Yeah. And I think that part of choosing to be in whatever weather that you find the most pleasant is a, is a lifestyle choice. You know, like I've had friends that preferred being, never wanted to go visit anywhere warm, always wanted to go visit somewhere cold, preferred the cold. Hmm. So they would consider the weather in Rome, you know, not what you wanted. (laughs) And, And I do think just looking around Seattle's culture, I would say that, yeah, the fact that it rains here all the time and that we hibernate over our computers affects things in the sense that, you know, almost every single dude here has a beard and might be slightly overweight. I think that that's just like part of our culture. It breeds a certain type of person in some ways.
1: Well, yeah. I mean,
0: what is it? The hotter this? I can't remember now. The hotter the climate, the hotter the men. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, I think it's that the hotter the
1: climate, the more likely people are to be, I'm going to say this wrong, so I'm not even going to try. Okay. But I think sedentary. The hotter. No, it's got, no, it's got to be the other way around. It's got to be the other way around. I don't know. I mean,
0: no, it stands to reason. It stands to reason because if it's freezing cold outside, it's not like you're going to be spending a lot of time outdoors. That said... When your mother is in Arizona and it hits 120 or 110 yeah. Fahrenheit, yeah, it's not like she's going outdoors either. No. So I don't really know. I guess now. you need to have temperate weather. I guess that's the, the trick. Rome, it's a sweet spot, except in August. But you've made it through. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank God. I'm so
1: happy. But, of course, <laughs> ch- check back with me in the middle of January. I'll be complaining. Right,
0: right. Hey. <laughs> Oh well well we have to leave it there, but do feel free to write us on any of our outlets and let us know what what the weather is like where you are, and all the other various shout outs we've done throughout this episode. Email bittersweetlife at mail Twitter at bittersweetpod, Facebook.com slash bittersweetlife podcast, and uh, of course subscribe to the show if you haven't already and tell your friends. And please, please, if you have a few minutes, it only
1: takes a couple of minutes, rate the show and write us a review because that really helps people find the show.
0: Right, and if you are listen to any other podcasts that recommend other podcasts, you might consider, uh, you know, pointing them our way. Anyway, I guess we'll talk to you next week. This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Visit the donate page on our website, thebittersweetlife.net. All donations are reserved exclusively for the creation of audio content. Your financial support keeps us strong. Thank you.